Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, wow, who'd have thunk it? Another uh, politician from New Jersey gets indicted. Shocking news. Not <laughs> That's the way things roll over there in Jersey. Uh, let's face it. Has there ever been a governor uh, who has not been swept up? Has there ever been a senator who has not been swept up in something? Occasionally. Occasionally, yeah, there is. But uh, <laughs> pretty much this is the rule, not the exception. And uh, Bob Menendez, Senator Menendez, just indicted on a whole mess of stuff, um, accepting bribes, sharing information, secret information, doing favors for the Egyptian government, all kinds of stuff. Uh, the U.S. attorney just laid it out there, and uh, he's in a whole mess of trouble again. Now, he, re- <laughs> he was charged and uh, indicted and tried about six years ago, and a jury could not come to a conclusion. It was a hung jury, and they, the f- prosecutors dropped the case. This time, it looks a little bit more mm, cut and dried. This is, uh, is going to be tough. Senator Menendez, the Democrat from New Jersey, has been there since, what, uh, almost 20 years, actually, in office. He's, for whatever reason, somehow this guy, quite frankly, does not seem particularly much of anything. Uh, no charisma, no uh, expertise that I can decipher. He's the chairman of the uh, Foreign Services Committee, uh, Senate Foreign Services Committee. That's probably going to end uh, in about 20 minutes, though. They're going to make him step down. He held on last time he was indicted. He was a sitting United States senator going through a trial, and it kind of beat the rap. Maybe he was innocent. I don't know. Maybe, but and maybe he's innocent this time. But it does not look good. It does not look good. Now, um, they got pictures of gold, gold bars that he allegedly took as bribes from a bunch of businessmen to do favors for them. They were doing business with the Egyptian government. These guys wanted things done for the Egyptian government. They were paying him hundreds of thousands of dollars. They raided this house, what, about a year ago, maybe a little less, and they found a half million dollars in cash, and they found these gold bars and some other stuff. And, oh, a Mercedes that was a gift from one of the businessmen, we're told, allegedly. The thing is, you know what? It's a C-class Mercedes. It's a C-class now, if you know anything about Mercedes or cars, and I'm kind of new to the Mercedes world, you got the C class, you've got the E class, and then you've got the S class, and then you got the Maybach. The S, uh, the uh, C class is like uh, lower class, right? It's just, I mean, it's just not that fancy a car. But I don't know; these things kind of sadden me if it's true. Uh, what people will just kind of throw away for for a few dollars. It's a couple of hundred thousand dollars, but really in the big scheme of things, this guy must have millions and millions and millions of dollars of legal bills. Bob Menendez, when's the last time you thought about this guy? Does anybody know what he sounds like? Does anybody know what Bob Menendez, when's the last time you heard him speak? Uh, well, this is him. 
Let me see here. This is uh, back in 2006 when he was elected to his first term in the U.S. Senate. He's all happy and he makes a big promise. Cut 31. I will wake up every morning and work as hard for you as I possibly can in the United States Senate over the next six years. I understand. I understand that I am a new face to most of the people of this great state. But everyone in New Jersey should know this about me. Every single hour of every single day for the next six years, I will dedicate myself to earning your trust and making you proud for the confidence you have given me tonight. Mm. All right, well, that's, hey, who's to say he didn't live up to that promise? That was in 2006. Maybe the first term he did all that stuff, right? Got up, worked hard every day. You know what that sounded like? The first day of work enthusiasm. The first day of school enthusiasm, right? Everybody is like, I'm going to be a straight-A student. I'm going to do my homework. I'm going to make the honor roll. I can't wait to get the new school supplies and my school clothes. I'm going to be great. And then by um, October, you know, you're just <laughs> you're cutting class. You don't care. Well, just drifting through. And maybe that happened to him. Maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. I'm looking at gold bars, though. They said we're in his house. That seems kind of weird. Maybe there's an explanation. All this cash money, hundreds, like lots of hundred dollar bills, crisp one hundred dollar bills. Now, that's not a crime to keep hundred dollar bills around the house. But it's weird. Now, look, the big key here might be his new wife, relatively new wife, Nadine. Nadine. Now, look, uh, let's see here. This is from the indictment. Uh, They said he had a corrupt relationship with three businessmen. Uh, This corrupt relationship resulted in Robert Menendez, the defendant, promising to take and taking a series of official actions and breaches of official duty in exchange for bribes that benefited him both directly and indirectly through Nadine Menendez, the defendant. First, Menendez promised to and did use his influence and power to breach his official duty in ways that benefited the government of Egypt. The government of Egypt. How do they get involved? Now, here's a weird thing. On his website, on Menendez's website, it has a big kind of uh, section about what the senator can do for you and what he can't do for you. And they're, it's right here. What what the senator cannot do for you. You ready for this? Bob Menendez, our officer cannot. It's got a bunch of things they can't do. They cannot compel an agency to act in your favor or expedite your case. Why the hell else would you contact a senator or a congressman? I mean, that's that's like that's like 90 percent of what they do or what we want them to do. He can't compel. I guess he can ask, but he can't order. That's the ticket. That's it. That they can ask. They can suggest, but that's not that's not um, an order. Let's see. They cannot overturn or influence matters involving private businesses. Okay. They cannot overturn or influence matters involving private businesses. I think they can still write a letter or two. Let's see. They cannot intervene with. Judicial issues, provide legal advice, or recommend an attorney. Our Senate office cannot legally get involved with pending litigation, including questions about criminal trials or imprisonment, 
child custody issues, or civil lawsuits, my office cannot overturn or in any way influence a court's decision. Um, people knew that. I don't think they'd be getting nearly as much mail or emails or donations for that matter. I don't know. I don't know. So Nadine, Nadine is his wife. Nay, Arslanian. They began, this is all in the indictment. They began dating in February of 2018. They became engaged in early October 2019 and married in October of 2020. Before Nadine Menendez began, began dating Menendez, she was unemployed. Did they have to put that in there? Is that relevant? I guess what they're trying to say now, now she's rolling in the bucks and she's got a no-show job or low-show job. Now, here's why I quite frankly think Nadine just might be trouble. All right? Trouble. Trouble. All right, here's the deal. And I'm sorry, you know, I know some people do this, and I'm not saying I don't like it, and I know plenty of people, whatever. It looks to me pretty apparent that she had her breasts enlarged, okay? And that's fine. That's 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 actually excellent if you want to do that. But she wears those shirts that reveal what's going on. You know what I mean? Like the 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 dress that's very low cut, so you cannot right. So it's it, not only is it enlarged, but she wants you to look. And have you ever seen guys in this situation? It's re- it's quite frankly uncomfortable. You know what I mean? It's one thing to be well endowed, but to show it off like that, it's a little bit much. I'm sorry, and I just, I I think it is. I just, I, I, and it's an indicator. It's an indicator, not proof, but an indicator that maybe uh, not all is right. Not all is right. I'm sorry. Uh, I've seen it before. I've also seen exceptions. I've seen plenty of people who are normal, but they dress like, whoa, like Vanna White goes to a, you know, a strip club or something like that. It's just a little bit too much. Um. Yeah, fair enough, right? Haven't you ever felt awkward in that situation and you find your eyes going in one direction? I don't like that feeling sometimes. There's a time and a place for that kind of stuff, and it's not at a cocktail party. You know, I just, Nadine made a big spectacle out of marrying the senator, and they went to India on vacation, they went here on vacation. They Public servants shouldn't be flying all over the world on vacation. He's a career politician, right? Before he became a senator, what was he? He was a congressman. And before a congressman, he was a state assemblyman, legislator, one of those guys. And before that, he was on some city council. So he spent his entire life in politics. And when you do that, what are you doing? You're always asking people for money. You gotta ask, so that often makes you're, you're hanging around rich people and you're doing favors for people. And then at some point, at some, just, I don't know when it happens, but it does happen a lot. You start to think, you know what? Damn it. I deserve this money too. I deserve more money than I'm getting. Joe Biden has yelled and screamed about this very thing on the Senate floor. We deserve more money given the scope of our responsibilities. We are underpaid because they're handling these multi-billion dollar budgets. They think they're entitled to more money. And it, um, you know, weird things can happen. In or about 2018, shortly after Robert Menendez and Nadine, the defendants began dating Mr. Hanna, the defendant, and Nadine 
Menendez arranged a series of meetings and dinners for Menendez paid for by Hanna, at which Egyptian officials raised, among other things, requests related to foreign military sales and foreign military financing. That's a beautiful topic at a nice shishi restaurant. Military sales. In exchange for Menendez and Nadine Menendez's promise that Menendez would, among other things, use his power and authority to facilitate such sales and financing to Egypt, Mr. Hanna promised, among other things, to put Nadine Menendez on the payroll of his company in a low or no-show job. I never heard of the, I've heard of no-show jobs, but I've never heard of low-show jobs. You know, show up once a week, once a month. Okay, it makes sense. I just never heard that term. No-show, I know. Low-show, I don't. In or about March of 2018, Menendez met with some Egyptian military guy, another Egyptian. What the hell is Nadine doing hanging around with these Egyptian? This is a bad deal. This is bad. Menendez allowed Nadine Menendez and Hannah to arrange and participate in this meeting, blah, 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 blah. All right, I want to know more about the no-show job. Uh, highly sensitive. Um, conveyed. Yeah, she's delivering all these. She's like the honeypot. She's like the honeypot getting all this information. Okay, Nadine. Let's see. Menendez texted Nadine. Tell Miss, tell Will I am going to sign off on this Egypt thing today. Egypt will get 46,000, 120 millimeter target practice rounds and 10,000 rounds and tank ammunition for a total of 99 million. These tank rounds are for tanks they had for many years. They are using these in the Sinai for counterterrorism campaign. I think that's just to make him feel, make himself feel good, right? This is to fight terrorism. Has anybody in the history of husband and wives in New Jersey ever said, I'm about to send the Egyptians, um, ammunition for tanks in the value of $99 million? This does not look good, Bob. And you too, Nadine. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, Greg Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, you know, I just had three people drop by uh, the studio and say, you know, you're right about that thing with the breasts. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm I just, it's true. I felt a little bit on thin ice there. Hey, it's one thing if you got big breasts, okay? If you want to enhance them artificially, that's great too. Um, <laughs> and small is, forget it. I'm not commenting. I'm not, I guess I am. The problem I have is, though, when they're artificial and they're huge and you're showing them off in a dress and people are, you know, married and they don't want to be looking and they are looking. And I know, well, you want to look, but then you look, what am I supposed to do with this? It's very, you, the, the situation is very charged. The situation becomes very, um, I, I don't know. You think it's a good thing. There's a great Simpsons episode about this. Marge Simpson. Uh, goes into the doctor, doctor, who's that, uh, you know, the quack doctor they have, Dr. Ray or something like that. He's a bad doctor and he gets it mixed up. He's, she's, he's supposed to give her a tummy duck. Instead, he gives her a enlargement, a breast enhancement. And the rest of the episode is how the whole world treats Marge differently now that she's had that uh, procedure and the way guys behave. In those circumstances, it's almost beyond their control a little bit, a little bit, the comments and the leering and stuff like that. Um, but she is the Nadine here. I mean, really asking for the attention. 
Now I'm looking at all this stuff. She's texting her husband. Oh, boy, the businessman did not pay us this time. What am I going to do? Should I text him? And Senator Menendez, James Bond says, whatever you do, don't text him or email him. Call him. (laughs) But he's texting her that. She's looking for the bribe, uh, complaining to him that they haven't gotten it yet. He says, okay, but just don't text about it. And he says that in text message form. Um, not, all right. Hey, here's the, um, Damien Williams is his name. Who's Damien? Who the hell is Damien Williams? Get, you know who Damien Williams is? No, you don't know. That guy does. Nobody knows. I had to look it up. Damien Williams is the U.S. attorney for the Southern District. I mean, remember we had Rudy Giuliani, right? We had giants in that, in that job. Uh, now we have Damien Williams. Anyway. Uh, one of the reasons why you don't know who Damian Williams is, is, uh, well, a lot of things have changed. He doesn't take any questions. He just indicts this big fish senator and he doesn't take any questions about it. Hey, we got to hold out the one possibility that this is revenge by the Biden administration because they don't like Bob Menendez. They don't like him. He's always giving them a hard time. He thinks the Iran nuclear deal is a bad deal, which it is. He thinks we should not have unfrozen $6 million in Iranian assets to get those five guys back from Iran, which I don't think we shouldn't have either. So they don't like this guy. Does that have a role in this? Anyway, you got the Damien? Damien? All right, here he goes. U.S. Attorney Damien Williams. The indictment alleges that Hana, Uribe, and Davies provided bribes in the form of cash, gold, home mortgage payments, a low-show or a no-show job for Nadine Menendez. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and when they got there, they discovered approximately $500,000 of cash stuffed into envelopes and closets. Some of the cash was stuffed in the senator's jacket pockets. And the senator and his wife accepted hundreds of thousands of dollars of bribes in exchange for Senator Menendez using his power and influence to protect and to enrich those businessmen and to benefit the government of Egypt. Egypt. We're kind of friends with Egypt. But, hey, you know, he's got a daughter. And I I always feel bad for the families when they're going through something like this. But his daughter is named Alicia. She's on MSNBC. She's liberal, but she does a good job. And his son, Bob Menendez Jr., is a congressman. I don't think he did anything wrong in this. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So uh, listen to this. Um, listen to this. That big story about Milley, that the fake news went bananas over. Oh, wow, General Mark Milley, what a patriot. He defended the Constitution from Trump. Now, number one, uh, the Constitution, Donald Trump is the defender of the Constitution, all right? Donald Trump is in the Constitution. Donald Trump represents the Constitution, actually a full branch of the government, uh, the president, from the from the president. It's so this guy is so taken with himself and the fake news as well. I actually outlined that this man participated in a coup, in a military coup against the president. There's I'm, I'm going to get into it in the next hour, but I want to show you something right now, which I think is it reveals a lot about the fake news and about Millie and uh, the rest. So. All right. Milley takes over as chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. This is the weird general, you know, white rage Milley. He takes over at a big ceremony at Fort Myer, which is in Virginia. And the president is there, the secretary of defense. President Trump is there, uh, Vice President Pence, the rest, right? Let me read to you this part. Um, 
at his welcome ceremony, Millie's, at Joint Base Meyer-Henderson Hall, across the Potomac River from the Capitol, Millie gained an early and disturbing insight into Trump's attitude towards soldiers. Millie had chosen a severely wounded Army Captain, Louis Avila, to sing God Bless America. Avila, who had completed five combat tours, had lost a leg in an IED attack in Afghanistan, had suffered two heart attacks, two strokes, and brain damage as a result of his injuries. To Millie and to four-star generals across the Army, Avila and his wife, Claudia, represented the heroism, sacrifice, and dignity of wounded soldiers. It had rained that day, and the ground was soft. At one point, Avila's wheelchair threatened to topple over. Millie's wife, Holly Ann, ran to help Avila, as did Vice President Mike Pence. After Avila's performance, Trump walked over to congratulate him, but then said to Millie, with an earshot of several witnesses, Why do you bring people here like that? No one wants to see that. The wounded. Never let Avila appear in public again, Trump told Millie. Recently, Millie invited Avila to sing at his retirement ceremony. That sounds pretty nasty, right? That sounds pretty heartless. And number one, we weren't there. And number two, I don't believe uh, the fake news. I do know that Donald Trump respects, reveres the military, especially those who gave everything, lost their lives, or were severely wounded. But I read this, and if you blink, you missed it. It said that Avila sang at the event, that he that he performed a song. So I'm like, hmm. And what what did they say the big issue was? His his wheelchair almost toppled over, and everybody went to save him. But Trump said he shouldn't be here. He shouldn't do anything like that. I said, you know what? There's something missing. This doesn't add up to me. There's something. Uh, the whole article, by the way, doesn't add up. But there was something about that moment. And these reporters, they haven't adjusted. This guy, uh, Goldberg, wrote it. Uh, he's He does a lot of stuff at The Atlantic, and he writes a lot of fake news. So I looked it up. Okay, when, when was this now? This was in 2018. It was a ceremony at Fort Myers. So I find the ceremony, and I find the moment where this person sang. The individual sang. Now, there was a, a like kind of a little bit of confusion about the wheelchair everybody kind of surrounded him at one moment it was unclear what was happening but then they bring him over to this area and everyone's watching him about a thousand people and there's a great big band and there have been parades and songs and then this happens are you ready for this this is what they did not tell you in the article cut 30 please cut 30 i want to understand nope America, land that I love, tell to the land with the You see, you see what's going on here? You see? All right. Nobody was ready for that. There was no warning. That's a pretty... That's a pretty tough thing to hear. You know, if you get your leg blown off, if you get a, a, a brain damage, if all these horrible things happen to you, one of the things you're not going to be able to do going forward is perform in public as a singer. It's okay. 
It's all right, but there are certain things you're not going to be able to do. And to put that soldier in that position in front of all those people was disrespectful and exploitive of that soldier. Irrespective of, quite frankly, the soldier's wishes or he can sing, but does he sing at the changing of command of a four-star general? I think that's inappropriate, actually. I do. I knew there was something missing here. I knew it. The story. Donald Trump just said, oh, he should not appear because he's wounded. I mean, God bless America must be sung perfectly. Perfectly. Not like that. And it's absolutely no disrespect to this hero who went through it all so much. But to use him like a prop, that's a prop. And that's what's going on here. And I think that's pretty disgusting that they so misled the reader. And you know what? I might have said something, too, afterwards. Was this the right thing to do? Did you hear that? One more time. Yeah, this does not work for a lot of reasons. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Again, there are certain things you can. I think President Trump, if he did say say something, had a right to. And Millie's going to do this again next week when he retires. What kind of stunt is that? What kind? What is on his mind? There's something very weird going on here. Don't you agree? Um. Wow. What's on your mind, Phil? All right, never mind. I hate that vulgar language. What's on your mind, Mike? Yeah, I don't know if you remember. I'm pretty sure you do that. Senator Menendez was um, suspected of having sex in Dominican Republic with a doctor who was in trouble for Medicare fraud. That, that That's the Menendez, that's Senator Menendez helping get through, and he was having um, sex with women of, of illegal age. Well, wait a second. That yeah, I know, I, that was an allegation that was, I remember it was raised, and there were concerns uh, I wasn't there, and he certainly wasn't, uh, I don't think he was ever formally accused of that. He was accused of taking bribes a couple of years ago, and I remember there was the specter of having sex with underage prostitutes. I did hear about that, but, uh, yeah. What do you want me to do with that information? I did hear about that. That was kind of publicly known at the time, the allegation, or the rumor, the internet stuff, I don't know, but I do remember. Look you know? into that again. I should look into that again, I think. Uh, Maybe they will. I don't know. I, uh, I, 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 I can't look into it. Can you? I can read about it. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of stuff online to read. I'll give you that. Thank you very much, Mike. Yeah, it was very weird. That looked very, very bad against him. Um, but you know what? Trump pardoned one of the people involved in that. One of the people involved in that, Donald Trump gave a pardon to. And um, I think he's been very wise, actually, Donald Trump, and who he's granted those pardons to. And there's always there was always a good reason. Uh, one more, Andrew. Hello. Hey, we're kind of explain it, but I'll do it a little differently. Millie was wrong, and they teach three fifths as a person. I know, I know. He went through that yesterday with Barbara. And also, just want to say with Menendez, I angered him at a press conference because they were all 
promoting the newly um, same-sex marriage bill. And I said, but everybody was against same-sex marriage in the past. All the Democrats and Clinton signed the Defense of Marriage Act. And he said, well, people evolve. And I said, why do they keep using the word evolve? Isn't it political expedient? So he was mad, and I tried to talk to him after, and he blew me off. But isn't he one that hangs out in Epstein Island? And they're lying. <laughs> Wasn't he busted for that? But they're lying about Trump. They also said he called them suckers and losers. And they say the witnesses, but they don't say who the, those witnesses are. Well, the, the, the guy who made it up, by the way, is Menendez. I'm sorry, not Menendez, uh, Millie. Millie made that story up. That's one of the reasons why he's getting this big I love you story from The Atlantic. The Atlantic is, a, is the publication that printed that story back in 2020 that, or 2016 that Trump was disrespectful, right? That's the, it's the same publication. And now they're rewarding him with this great big send-off that he's somehow the hero. He's not a hero. He's not a, he's so overtly political. I want to, I want to check this out, by the way. The stuff that this guy has said about not being political. Let me go through this for a second. He says, I'm a soldier and fundamental to this republic is for the military to stay out of politics. What I'm trying to do the entire summer, all the way up to today, is to keep the military out of actual politics. We stay out of domestic politics, period, full stop. Not authorized, not permitted, illegal, immoral, unethical. We don't do it. Okay? You hear all that, right? Right, 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 right? Oh, here's a guy uh, not being political, being ultra-political. Cut 28. Cut 28. By the senseless and brutal killing of George Floyd. What we are seeing... It's the long shadow of our original sin in Jamestown 401 years ago. We are still struggling with racism, and we have much work to do. Unspoken and unconscious bias have no place in America, and they have no place in our armed forces. And we should all be proud that the vast majority of protests have been peaceful. We must ensure fairness and equity at all key gateway selection boards, including promotion, command, and work call. Be inclusive. Make a commitment to seek out and surround yourself with those who don't look like you. See? He's, he's not being political, but he's touching on every hot-button issue of the summer of 2020. George Floyd, um, race in America, we have work to do on equity. This is That's overtly political. That's, that's political right there. That's the essence of politics. There's some other weird stuff that he's owning up to right now. Uh, let's see this. Um, the image of a general in Kamau. All right, listen to this. The summer of 2020, Milley visited his friend, General Corelli, in Washington State. All right, August of 2020, this is. And over breakfast, described what he thought was coming next. It was unbelievable, General Corelli said. This is August 2nd, and he laid out in specific detail what his concerns were between August and Inauguration Day. He identified one of his biggest concerns as January 6th, the day the Senate was to meet to certify the election. It was almost like he had a crystal ball. How about that one? huh? Or almost like he was in on the plot to leave the doors open on January 6th to do something weird. Let's see here. Um, Milley spoke with lawmakers and media figures in the days leading up to the election, promising that the military would play no role in its outcome. 
Well, who suspected that it was going to play a role in the outcome? What is he? Why would he make these phone calls? Why would he get in touch with them? Does anybody remember the boards going up and the the barricades being erected? Businesses boarding up their windows in the days ahead of the 2020 election. Now, why were they doing that? Why? Do you remember? You, I, I've got videotape of it. It was happening all over the country. They weren't getting ready for a Biden victory. They, were, they weren't getting ready if Biden won. They were getting ready if Trump won. If Trump won, there was widespread expectation that there would be violence, right? There was. How about this? In a call on the Saturday before Election Day, Millie told news anchors, including George Stephanopoulos, Lester Holt, and Nora O'Donnell, that the military's role was to protect democracy, not to undermine it. The context was, we know how fraught things are, and we have a sense of what might happen, and we're not going to let Trump do it, Stephanopoulos said. What the hell kind of thing is that? Before the election, we're not going to let Trump do something. This guy, and this is a very revealing quote as well. He says, I'm not going to say whether I thought there was a civilian coup or not. I'm going to leave that to the American people to determine and a court of law. How big of you. But it's fascinating to me that he says civilian coup. I'm not going to. What about a military coup? A civilian? No civilian coup. But there was a military coup. And if you look at this, you look at those weird comments, you look at his actions, you look at this hyper-political guy, you look at how he undermined Trump, apologizing for appearing 20 feet behind him when Donald Trump was so outrageous as to hold up a Bible in front of a church. There's something really wrong here, very, very wrong. And Millie is not out of the woods. He has not gotten away with it yet. I'll be right back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, uh, James Flippin, welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, Greg, what's going on? A lot of buzz about you lately, internally and externally. People like it when you show up. People like it when I probe you about your personal life. I'm happy to answer those questions. I think it's uh, a fun look behind the curtain, so to speak. Yeah. Just, I got to eliminate probe from my <laughs> vocabulary. Sorry. Yeah, that All was right. a little, that's okay. Uh... But news-wise, what's the deal? What's happening? Well, you know, obviously, we're talking about it. Everybody in the newsroom is talking about it with the Bob Menendez indictment. Um, I was just saying it's kind of wild to me, this concept of, like, showing up somewhere, I guess, with gold bars and saying, hey, you want to turn this into cash for me? Because, I mean, like, what else would you do with gold bars? you got to turn it into cash somehow, right? Uh Wait, is that in the indictment? They he tried to turn into. I heard no. He, I, I haven't heard like in essence what he's accused of potentially doing with these gold bars that he allegedly received as a bribe. But I'm just thinking to myself, even if you had a gold bar, what would you do with it? Um. Well, there are places to go. Um. You know, somewhere in like the Diamond District, I guess, or something like that. Yeah. I. I look, it's definitely of value. I mean, you don't bring I mean, it. You to can't the, go to the bank and say like, here, I want to give you this gold bar. 
No, but I, I, this is a good problem to have, right? You're yeah, gonna, you're yeah gonna I figure, guess so. However, if you got the gold bar because you did some favor for some creepy guy who, uh, you know, wants uh, machine guns to be sold to Egypt, that's a big problem. And I think Nadine. Now, again, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bring this back to her, uh, the situation with her, with her chest. But I just feel like it's I. Nine times out of ten, you can tell if you have enhanced breasts artificially so, and you wear a shirt that exposes them, that emphasizes them, you're looking for trouble. Mm. Both that that individual and anyone who's drawn to it. I mean, mm. you may be drawn to it. But you got to put the brakes on. You're saying that that's almost like an indication somebody's personality might be phony or, or misconstrued somehow. Uh, like it's an indication of it's that. A, it's 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 a bit of a red flag. Mm. It's a bit of a red flag. Now there's a t- I mean, not all the time, I, but a lot of the time. Yeah. So uh, Nadine is a big. Uh, by the way, was she? Were they arrested? Did they actually turn themselves in? What do we know? Uh, I know that Senator Menendez has responded. He says he's going to fight the charges. Uh, obviously, I guess he's not planning on, you know, stepping down as, as, uh, senator or anything. And he said that it's part of a multi-year long effort to drag him down. That, you know, like that his political enemies are out to get him. Basically. And who are his political enemies? I don't think he's specified who that really is. But... Oh, so he said this out loud? Statement. Put a statement out. Ah, uh, statement. All right. I will be stepping down from the Senate Foreign Relations Committee to spend more time with my family. I mean, more time with my lawyers. I mean, more time with my family. <laughs> That's what happens. Well, it is kind of sad. You know, politicians, so many of them go astray because, I don't know, they're human beings. I told you, hanging around rich people does funny things to people who aren't rich. Mm. And he's with this doctor in the Dominican Republic, and he thinks, you know what? I should have some of this. You know what? I, I approve these trillion dollar budgets. Why aren't I, uh, right. you know, a trillion dollars? I think about the numbers that they're, I've wondered this as a kid. You got congressmen talking about billions and billions and billions of dollars. And that guy makes $150,000. He's like, wait a second. If I worked on, you know, Wall Street, I'd be making a billion dollar deal. There'd be a couple of million in it for me. So you so, think like they feel entitled yes, to more? Totally. Totally. And then they're convinced of their righteousness, in part because the general public, well, not the general public, but these, you know, committees and these, you know, the com- the com- the committee for a better Bergen County or whatever the hell it is, is always yeah. giving them awards. I know? guess it's just like, I mean, you know, allegedly anyway, but the naked ambition, right? I mean, this is a guy who grew up in a tenement house, became mayor of, of Union City, became a, a con- congressman, was a senator, obviously. I mean, that that pays well. What's a senator's salary? I don't even know. Uh, two hundred something. So I mean, come on, you can make it in the tri-state area on two hundred thousand dollars, right? It depends, really. I mean, let's say if you are, um, first of all, they have to maintain two homes. Uh, what else? Is that a requirement? Do they have to have a DC apartment or whatever? I mean, is he going to commute? I mean, is he going to go home at night every night? From Washington, D.C. to New Jersey? You can't do that. No, no, that's not plausible. Nine hours, ten hours, eleven hours on the road? You can't do that. So, uh, ah, all right, Bob. I'm sorry this, I'm sorry you, I don't know what the, I don't know what to say. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So, if the media and the Biden administration will pretend that Joe Biden is normal, that any of this is normal, repeating himself, bumping into things, falling down, 
that they'll ignore it and somehow present him to be a, a vibrant, normal president. Hey, did you see this poll that Biden is beating Trump in New Hampshire? It's getting to the point that any poll that shows uh, Biden leading anybody makes you really wonder about the people who were polled. I mean, what's wrong with the people of New Hampshire? Are they there? Are they really that out to lunch? I can't. No, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I think it's a fake poll. Could very well be. But if you're pretending that Joe Biden is normal, then you'll pretend that the situation at the border is anything other than what it is, which is an invasion, which is a complete and total, um, I think, not just a capitulation, a um, a surrender, a surrender of America to the globalists and beyond. Um, there's no rhyme or reason for this other than you want to dissolve the United States of America. Letting this volume of illegal people come into this country, they are going to eradicate this country, this culture. Whatever America means, it's going to evaporate. And it could happen like that. It could happen like gradually, then all at once, poof, there goes America. And, uh, you know, America, right, my ancestors came from Ireland. Your ancestors probably came from somewhere else, right? Everybody came from from somewhere else. We can tie our butt. We came to America to be Americans. We were enticed by this America. Wow, what is it? We want part of that. And if you come here legally, that's beautiful. And there's a system and you follow it. And it doesn't matter what country you came from. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. If you sign up for the red, white, and blue and you support us, the Constitution, us is in the U.S., yeah, welcome. Absolutely. One of the nicest things, again, and I'll never get it out of my head, the Republican National Convention 2020, beautiful picture of people from all over the world taking the oath of citizenship with Chad Wolf, the Homeland Security Secretary at the time, and Donald J. Trump, the least, truly the least, <laughs> the most open, the most international, the most cosmopolitan president I think we've ever had. Wives from this European country, that European country, I mean, he actually is very, very sophisticated. That's what these the Democrats, they, they don't understand just how with it he is, just how, quite frankly, hip he is in his own way. Hip. You want to come here? Great. Now, you know what Sharia law is? That means if you steal something, you can get your hand chopped off for it. Uh, that means if you fool around with some guy, you could be stoned to death if you're a woman. That's Sharia law. And we don't like that. And there is a disturbing number of people who believe that Sharia law is okay. We don't want them coming here. Right? And one of the reasons is, uh, well... That way of life is so foreign and antithetical to the American way of life. It's not for us. And there's now huge pockets of America in Minnesota where Sharia law is potentially going to supplant American law. And that's dangerous. The country is hanging on by a thread, actually. Just a thread. It could all go up in smoke. And there are Democrats, I'll tell you, they think that, you know, remember when Obama said, I don't have to wear that flag lapel pin on my suit? Now, I don't have to wear the flag lapel pin on my suit. 
I mean, it makes me look like a congressman. That's one of the reasons why I don't want to wear the flag lapel pin. Also, I gave it the office. You know what I mean? I was in the military for nine years. But when you're a federal office holder and you go out of your way to make it a thing that I'm not going to wear the flag lapel pin, that's uh, that's an indicator. There's something up there. Remember Michelle Obama? She had never been proud of America until Obama won the Iowa primary. That's the first time she felt proud of America. Remember the apology tour? Obama going all over the world apologizing for American uh, hubris, right? The error of our ways. They really think this whole thing of patriotism, of, uh, you know, God and country and the American flag and the 4th of July, that that's really kind of small town, small time, unsophisticated, very, very yesterday, right? It's the globe. You got to be worried about the globe, the world. Now I'm worried about the world, but we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Our system is the system. This is the system. If other countries want to replicate it, okay, but they can't come here and take America away from us. I, I, I'm, as a kid, I was somewhat sympathetic. You know, it's one world, right? One world. You ever see the dot? The what do they call it? The little blue dot. The little blue dot picture. It's a famous picture. So we've got the satellite. No, it's not a satellite. What the hell is it? The deep space probe called Voyager 1 and another called Voyager 2. These are uh, telescopes that launched into space in 1977, the year 1977, and they've been traveling ever since at about 30,000 miles per hour. And they both, over the past couple of years, they just now left the solar system. That's how big our solar system is. They've been traveling for almost 50 years, 45 years, and they just now are leaving the solar system. Anyway, a while back, it's like after 13 years of flight, Carl Sagan, the astronomer, remember that guy? He had a pretty good idea. Hey, why don't we point the camera back at the Earth and see what it looks like? And so they did that. And you know what it looked like? It looked like a little dot, just a little, little dot. A little dot, and you look at that little dot, and everything that ever happened in the world happened on that little dot. Every war, every great person, Jesus, Napoleon, right uh, right there on that little, 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 little dot. And the whole theme of it was, you know, our little petty rivalries between countries look pretty small in the big picture, right? But like what's-his-name said, somebody said it, you know, our problems may not amount to a hill of beans, but this is our hill, and these are our beans. I think that was from the Naked Gun, actually. But anyway, James Flippin, welcome back. Hey, Greg. A couple of things I was thinking about when you were just talking about there. One, I, I remember reading about how they sent a gold record on the Voyager that had a recording. I think it says, like, hello from the children of Earth. And then they have like some Beethoven music and and some voices of various different languages and stuff like that. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, just assuming that the aliens are going to have a record player. <laughs> we don't even have record players anymore. Uh, maybe they could figure out some way to. It's like oh, go down to the basement, get oh, the record player. Yeah. No, it'll be the hipster alien, you know, who's really right, into, right. really into vinyl. Vinyl's really cool now. Yeah, yeah, they got that thing. It is kind of cool. It has little directions, like here's the sun and here's Earth. Mm-hmm. They have a little arrow pointing right. to it. It's kind of neat. So that thing has been moving at 30,000 miles per hour every second of every day since 1977. Isn't yeah, that wild? That, that's 
really difficult to conceptualize, actually. Voyager, the and now it's the one man-made object that is the furthest from Earth, and it's moving. You can look it up online. They they know where it is roughly, and they know how fast it is. And you can see how. And crazily enough, they've got something called an astronomical unit. Do you know what an astronomical unit is? Can't say that I do. An astronomical unit is the distance between um, the Earth and the Sun. Okay. That's considered one AU, one astronomical unit. And let me find out how many AUs, the, where is it, Voyager 2. Let's try Voyager 2. And uh, where is it? does it have a website? Yep, it has a website. And I go to it right now. And, uh, damn, this thing's far away. Where is it? Okay. It's been on its mission for exactly 46 years, one month, two days, three hours, 44 minutes, and 32, 33, 34 seconds. And, uh, but where's the distance? It tells us how far it is. Where the hell is it? Um, I'll get back to you on that. It's but not still transmitting data back, is it? Actu- not- it actually is. Wow. But they had problems with the antenna. And, uh, so they don't know, ex- they've had some problems with it lately. But, yeah, it sends little signals back and forth. And at the speed of light, it still takes a lot of time yeah, for this crazy. thing to go to go back and forth. Uh, where the hell is it? Um, While you're looking at that, the other thing that I was reminded of, you were talking about President Obama. And, you know, one of the things we've been reporting on in the last few days is how the Senate changed its dress code. And it reminds me of, it just seems so quaint now, but it's kind of how norms can change really fast, I guess. Remember there was, like, a controversy over a tan suit that – President Obama wore like he wore a yeah, tan suit. Yeah, it was just it was. Yeah, I remember that. It was weird, and yeah. people thought that was strange. And now you can wear basketball shorts and a sweatshirt in the Senate. So that kind of seems like it's a. Well, I think they're going to basically make him. They're going to send him home to change pretty soon because I heard what's his name Schumer changed his mind. So really, right, right now this thing is. Uh, gosh, uh, fifteen billion two million one hundred eighty four thousand five hundred and forty two miles, and it goes up. Like, look, six hundred miles, seven hundred miles, wow, eight hundred miles. So, <laughs> really and, and we don't know exactly how many miles an AU is. Oh, do we? Uh, well, number one, it's only a hundred and sixty one AUs, one sixty one from the one hundred sixty one. And an A, an astronomical unit equals, shoot, sorry, my typing equals, um, 9,200 and, no, that's gotta be more than that. It's like 9.296 to the seventh power. Okay. To the set. I don't know what that means. But just the 161 AUs, which you said is the distance between the Earth and the Sun. That's, mind-boggling in and of itself but the earth to this okay no here i'm sorry it's 92 million nine hundred and fifty five thousand eight hundred and seven miles that's a lot of miles that's a lot it's a lot of miles but it only takes the uh the sunlight how many minutes does it take the sunlight to get to the earth you have no idea i don't at the speed of light it takes seven minutes plus or minus damn i'm smarts yeah you do you know a lot about the uh interstellar I know Boy Scout level astronomy. Yeah. All right. That's it. <laughs> this is what you learn at Boy Scout camp. That's all I learned about this stuff, but I still think about it all the time. All right. So uh, news wise, are we done? Anything? Uh, let's see. There's going to be some bad weather around the tri state this weekend. Tropical storm that's making its way up the East Coast. 
The MTA is exploring plans to potentially put air conditioning in subway stations, but they don't have a timeline and they don't have a dollar figure. So it's sort of just a theory at this point. Uh, let's see. We know that there's going to be new free COVID tests available on Monday. If you're interested in that, you can sign up for some free COVID. Why tests. the hell do we need that? Nobody has COVID. What do you do with it? You're going to go get a test. To, and it's going to tell you, you got to stay home. You have COVID. And is it true that the Biden administration just made about a billion of uh, free test kits for yeah, everybody? That's, that's what's coming up on Monday. You, you go, uh, where is it here? I have it here somewhere. You go to, it's like test, testwebsite.com or something like that. I don't know. Governor, which one is it? Oh, that's the bishop in Texas. Yeah. More COVID tests. Health officials, you go to covidtests.gov. And apparently, if you have old ones, they might not actually be expired. Even if they say they're expired, they've extended the dates on some of them. So just check on that. I mean, why, why, why? I just, aren't we over COVID? And I hear it's coming back. They want it to come back. Somebody told me this, actually. The game they're playing with the border, letting everybody in, giving everybody work permits, handing this stuff out, changing the rules, all that, not enforcing the rules. It's the new COVID. They're playing the same game um, with the citizens, uh, non-citizens, the illegals that they did with COVID in an effort to screw with the next election. It's mm. the new COVID because they use the COVID as an excuse to screw with the election in well, 2020. I, I know mean, they did. Yeah, I mean, I know that we – I think that the city's challenge against it is ongoing at this point. Uh, a state Supreme Court overruled it. But, you know, the city council here in New York made it so that you can vote in local elections even if you're not – of documented status as a citizen or whatever, you know, that you can vote in the mayoral election, if you will. But then I think a state Supreme court put that on hold. So, I mean, if, if that were to ever go on national level, yeah, you'd be talking about a changing voting dynamic for sure. Uh, all righty. What kind of car do you drive? I have a Toyota, a Toyota Celica. Isn't it weird that what's his name? Bob Menendez may have sold out uh, his state, his integrity for a Mercedes C class. Yeah, but I'm not a car guy, so I don't know if I can really. Mercedes C-Class is not all that, all right? I mean, it's just not all that. Um, a friend of mine, uh, 24 years old, a cop, just got a Mercedes C-Class. You know what I mean? Not making a lot of money, but you can work it out where you can get a Mercedes C-Class. You know, you lease them or whatever, you know. So what's the implication there? That like, wow, he would he's so brazen, allegedly, in that no. rift that he would be fine with, eh, okay, well, it's not the best car, but it's a car. No, it's 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 that... So little money allegedly made him give up everything. Like, you know, just to do all of that, to turn your back on your oath, on your country, on your state, um, for, for, for peanuts. Now, with the allegations that are out there surrounding President Biden and his family and alleged selling of influence and so on and so forth, do, do you feel that this, distracts from that in any way i mean well i just i'm just thinking a little bit more about what i said it's like somehow like well you shouldn't do it for peanuts but if it were serious money then you got to think about it i'm not saying that i'm not saying that uh yeah you're saying it's surprising to you that it would be just a a nice car not like no i mean it's just the whole damn thing is pathetic it's just pathetic and uh look i hope he's in i hope he didn't do any of these things but he probably did and that's sad 
Uh, and, and in a weird way, tactically, it kind of helps Biden because it does distract a Democrat's in trouble. You see, oh, it's not a two-tier system of yeah, justice. I mean, it's We're the, it's the Justice all Department, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Um, may justice be done, whatever that looks like. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, so the iPhone, you can get the new iPhone right now. you got to wait online. You may have to wait a while if you order it online. What is it, the iPhone 15? Um, it's like the iPhone 14. It's like the iPhone 13. It's like the iPhone 5. These phones have plateaued. Everybody knows it. I'm surprised that there's such a huge line. I think the big thing about this new phone is um, a new color, green. <laughs> Everybody puts their phone in a case anyway so it doesn't break. So you never even see the green color. What the hell's the color of my phone? I think they had gray and black and maybe white. I gotta take the thing off. Gray. Big deal. Um, I don't, uh, what do you use your phone for anyway? I mean, internet, texting, and, uh, calling occasionally, looking at a couple of apps, three, four, five tops, and that's it. Then you gotta live your life. Um, although I've been spending so much time on my iPad, I have the latest, Apple products right now. I got the latest iPhone before today, the iPhone 14, and I have the latest version of the iPad, whatever that is. And I'm telling you, they're just, I mean, at this point, they're totally ordinary, um, kind of expected. I can't tell if it's a microsecond faster. And the camera, how good can the camera get? I mean, let me know when it's 3D. Then I'll get excited, right? Um, all right, so probably not worth it. There's got to be more to life, right, than these silly, stupid phones in the Internet. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is me. Uh, Who do you think is going to be the vice president for Donald Trump? I know he's thinking about it. I know he's thinking hard about it. It's fascinating right now, the opportunity he has. Yeah, he's got all these other distractions with the uh, this trial, that trial, that case. They're all fake. So, But he also looks like he's uh, locked up the nomination, pretty much. And DeSantis is falling. I heard today that he may not even make it to the um, Iowa caucus, which is in January, because he may run out of money first. And it is fascinating. Number one. I am so pleased that I called it last July, July of 2022. I said, Ron is not ready. It got a fair amount of attention because, believe it or not, I'm seen as something of a of a force in conservative media circles. And uh, I still kind of get a kick out of that. Little old me, but it's true. And I said, uh, this guy's not ready. He's weird. His affect is all wrong. Um, the, he, by the way, you have to remember he's a career politician as well. He's got a big future, but he's just not ready for this kind of exposure. He's not good enough at politics. And people thought I was crazy. It, that's one of the reasons why I got a fair amount of attention. And now everybody is recognizing, man, he really sucks at politics. He's just not good at the basics. Um, and you got to be kind of good at the basics to make it to the presidency. So what's fascinating to me is that how many how many people were wrong about this guy? How many big money people? Remember that season where it was like, all right, let's get in line for Ron DeSantis. It's time to turn the page on Trump, right? No, got to got to move on fast. He's like Trump except uh, no baggage, right? And, uh, turned out to be, no, he stinks. He just can't hack it right now. 
And you got to be able to hack it in a primary season. And some people are saying, well, if only everybody else would drop out, then he could win. Well, <laughs> that's, um, you know, that, that obviously is illogical, right? So who's going to be the vice presidential nominee? I am hearing more and more that Trump is um, really focused on Ben Carson. It could be Ben Carson. I love Ben Carson. I think he's great. Dr. Ben Carson. I think um, he should get out there a lot more. His his manner is so calm, so serene, that for some people it's a little off-putting because he is so – it's almost like he's um, you know, just pristinely content, and that's a little bit unusual for people, right? We're not We're not accustomed to people like that. So I think he should get out there more because we have to get used to him. We people have to get used to that. I think he's a he's a great man though, and it's interesting. He told me a story once. You know he's a brain surgeon, and he happens to be black. And sometimes when he was about to operate on somebody, or consult with a patient or a family, um, he would go in and talk to them about the procedure, and the family would listen, and then they'd say, "Okay, well, thank you. Uh, when does the doctor get here?" And he'd be like, I'm the doctor. And they would be mortified and they would just be, oh, my God. And he's like, please, don't, not at all. It's no problem. I understand. And he said after moments like that, he would make a friend for life because the people would be just so beside themselves and they would just, but he made them feel at ease. And he pointed out to me that at the time, there were like three neurosurgeons in the world that were black. Three. And he was one of them. So it's just not something that people were accustomed to. It was almost unheard of, literally kind of unheard of. And I thought that was kind of beautiful the way he um, told me about that. And then I've heard from two other individuals, Lloyd Austin, the Secretary of Defense. And he's got a real chip on his shoulder. One time they said, you want to come meet the general? And there were a bunch of guys sitting in uniform and like the people didn't immediately gravitate to him because they weren't expecting the way he tells the story. They weren't expecting the general to be black. And he says that this is evidence of systemic racism. And the guy CQ Brown, the new chairman of the joint chiefs of staff, he has a bunch of stories, the same thing. I was wearing a flight suit. Nobody knew I was a pilot. They thought the white guy was a pilot, but not me. Well, I blew that story out of the water, but if you want to have a chip on your shoulder in America, you can, you really can. Hey, I want to hear this thing from the, um, in the story about General Milley, they had this big chapter about how Donald Trump was so disrespectful to the wounded, and they glossed over the fact. They just said at a ceremony that Milley, when Milley was becoming the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, there was a wounded person who almost fell out of his wheelchair, and Donald Trump was said to be upset by all this and said, that guy should never come again. Well, in the story, they didn't say what happened next, and this is what happened next, okay? Ready? Hit it. Ladies and gentlemen, please direct your attention to the center of the field. Captain Luis Avila, a U.S. soldier severely wounded by an IED explosion December 2011 in Afghanistan, uses music therapy as a critical component to his healing. Captain Avila will now join the Joint Service Quartet in singing God Bless America. America, la 
right, stop. You get the picture, right? It's really, and nobody was ready for that. But Millie had this guy, and they say Trump said afterwards, you know what, I don't think that should happen again. And I kind of agree with Trump. Lewis, what do you think? I understand you want to talk about this. Hello, Lewis. I agree with you. It was kind of pathetic. But the the only thing I that touched my heart was when he said in the song that we're to guide uh, gu- guide America. But anyway, I was in the fighting 169th and the 99th Signal Battalion in, in New York City. And my friend John Kelly was the one that introduced me to you to call in. Well, hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, you're on the air. Thank you. Who's John Kelly? John Kelly in Forest Hills, Queens. He said he took pictures with you, and he's related. I think he's re- he told me you're, you're related to him. He's my best friend in New York. We would we would say true, true, Lulu, blue, blue. Mm. Uh, yeah. Oh, John Kelly. Did you say? Of course, John Kelly. So tell me anything else is going down there. You're calling from Florida? Yeah. I'm viewing the St. John's River right now with my beautiful wife from Vietnam. I had to pay him thousands of dollars to get her here. All right. you're, all playing these a, you're, pl- you're playing a game. Come on. All right. I don't know any John Kelly. <laughs> Did you meet your wife in Vietnam, Lewis? I went there on Vietnam Cupid. But anyway, all right. I'm in all right. I'm Lewis. Uh, Lewis, keep in touch. Uh, next uh, I, I can't. I, I can't tell. To be honest, I can't tell what's going. I'm sorry, Lewis. What was that? I'm Lewis Monaco Nine on Twitter. The Ape Man. Okay. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Thank you. Thank you, Lewis Monaco Nine on Twitter. All right. Is he legit or not? I can't tell. I can't tell. Um. Uh, let's see here. Oh, Jerry has something to say about this veteran in Edison. Yeah. Yeah, Greg, I think the veteran was okay singing it because he did know the words. Now, Biden could never get through that, and he's the president. And this guy <laughs> did his – I mean, think about that. He's I, the that, president, and he couldn't sing that song. Well, no, that's okay? cute. I I agree with that part of it, but I don't think a veteran uh, who's been that grievously wounded should be singing. We have singers for that in the military, and I think they were being cute, and I think it was exploitive, and I think it was painful, and I think it was unnecessary – and um and and look at how they portrayed Trump as being insensitive somehow. A lot of people would have an issue with that. I have an. I'm telling you right now, I have an issue. I would have said something. You know, it's not just uh you know you put on a uniform and everything's great in the military. We do have standards. We do have uh, protocol. We do have, you know, <laughs> we try to pursue excellence. We don't try to pe- put people in an awkward position. And when you're having a ceremony like that, I think that was a real big mistake. And it was a disservice to Captain Avila, I think his name is. But Millie's going to break him out again next uh, – when is he going to do that? Uh, next week when he steps down, he's going to have the same guy come and sing. And I think that's a problem. Uh, let me see. Are we have – hello, Mike. Mikey and uh, Wayne, yeah. Hey, Greg, how are you? Now, listen, if a woman goes through all that trouble, pays for it, goes through all that pain – if you got it, flaunt it, my brother. What pain? Do you think there's no pain in breast augmentation? I really wouldn't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Does it pain? I mean, I would imagine they have local anesthesia and general anesthesia, and uh, there should be no pain. I, th- I would imagine there's no pain, right? 
No pain. Listen, I'm, I'm basically saying that, but I want to concur with something to you in regards to a simulation when you come to America. When my Italian ancestors came here, they were treated like garbage, you know, a lot of them. They were considered low-class people. But you know what? They prevailed. They were proud to learn the language. They weren't upset. They were upset, of course, but they were proud to learn the language. They helped build this country. They were proud to assimilate, proud to wave the American flag. So when I see these people come here waving their flags and demanding to get into America, I think that's absolutely disgusting. Yeah, waving their flags and coming into America, it is really bad. And I think they're out to destroy America. Joe Biden is uh, totally compromised. They've got dirt on him all over the place, so he has to go along with it. And uh, this is what it looks like. And uh, we may not have a country for much longer. It may be gone forever if we don't get it back next year, November 24. That's it. That's it. It's worth uh It's worth fighting for. I mean, the least we can do is vote, right? We got to go out there and vote. Thank you, sir. And maybe give money to our favorite candidates. Don't forget about that. Uh, All right. In honor of Rush Limbaugh, more phone calls when I come back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The United States is intentionally letting America be invaded to weaken the foundation of the country and implement a one-world government. I do believe that is true, Mr. Blake. It's no accident that the border has remained open for millions of unchecked non-citizens to enter the United States. Why is this, uh, Mr. Blake? I do believe this is the globalist dream. The globalist dream. Take a look at what's happening here. Blake, very, very good. Legalization of evil, the woke culture, open borders, weaponization of the DOJ, population control with many arms, food supply, abortion, trans, vaccines. When you think of where this leads in the next five to ten years on its current trajectory, it will result in a weaker America or, in my opinion, no America. Globalists have been vocal about having visions of a one-world government for many decades, and to implement that, they need a weakened United States. How long will it take with what's happening right now? Hey, not to mention, you know, the border, the trans stuff, the culture just totally eroding and the legalization of shoplifting. Uh, what is it doing to these retailers when you have to ask for, you know, uh, a store clerk to unlock the razor blades? Forget the razor blades, the, the chewing gum under lock and key. You're not going to go there anymore. It's too much of a hassle. And oh, by the way, it's kind of dangerous. People going in there shoplifting, these are crazy people. These are not good people who go into stores and and with garbage bags and just load up. The country is falling apart. And this stuff, this is the stuff that I do believe Joe Biden is um, impeachment worthy. All right. He's impeachment worthy. So just a quick nightmare. A little. This used to be a nightmare. Now it's just kind of a joke, but it's it's very serious. A masked BLM activist shows up. At a hearing in California where they are very close to reparations for black people. Reparations. Why? For slavery. Of course, right? Because everybody alive right now made slavery happen. Um, Board of Supervisors meeting. And this person is like the poster child for uh, San Francisco right here. But more than San Francisco, a good chunk of America. Listen to this. Uh, let me describe this creature to you. Um, it's a man trying to portray her, himself as a woman, purple hair, mask, and um, says some pretty wild things. Go. 
afternoon. My name is Jordan. My pronouns are she, her, they, them. I don't intend to take up much space, but I think more of us white people need to speak in favor of reparations for the black community for centuries of torment. Yeah, I'm sorry for running my clock yet. I have not had a chance to go over the reparations plan, but many diverse stakeholders in the black community have been consulted, and it's not up for us white people to question or second guess. I have a Black Lives Matter sticker on my SRO door, and I'm sure that around 80% of San Franciscans and roughly 60% of Californians agree with that sentiment on a surface level. However, when it comes to difficult decisions, especially around cops, schools, and recalls, white San Franciscans and also non-black San Franciscans fall way short. I want to say that if you oppose reparations, you should take down your Black Lives Matter sign stickers and give away your Black Lives Matter t-shirts. Because, paraphrasing Holden Caulfield, you are phony-ass carers. Put yourself on the right side of history, not the white side of history. I yield my time. Cut the fucking chat. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. He had to use that profanity. Oh, terrible, terrible. He had to use that profanity. There are so many white liberals, crazy liberals. There's something really weird about their conversation about race. And there's a strange fear factor at play that I'm going to develop next time. Um, Dean, very quickly. Yeah, there's a guy out there for vice president in my mind. He was with Trump all four years, uh, and he's top first in his class on West Point. He was extremely influential. Who the hell cares if he graduated from West Point first in his class? No, then I'm just talking about that as being smart. All right, Mike Pompeo. Mike Pompeo stinks. He lost it. I mean, he's a smart guy. Yes, he is impressive. He made a lot of money. And, um, you know, uh, impressive military guy. But he turned on Trump, made jokes at Trump, uh, Trump's defense. He's very tightly wrapped, tightly wound, not in a good way. Um, and uh, what else about that guy? He brings nothing to Trump electorally. Nothing. Zero. Nada. He's from Kansas. He needs somebody who can help out a little bit. And he can't. It's not the kind of guy Trump is looking for. I know that for a fact. So uh, it's not going to be Pompeo. What do you care from Pompeo? Why do you like that guy so much? I like that guy because he's for America first. Well, and a lot of people to... are. That's not that's not unique. And uh, um, I think he lost too much weight. I think he went crazy with uh, the Ozempic or something like that because he lost his mojo and he lost the weight. Thank you, uh, Dean. Uh, uh, Jason, yeah. Uh, Greg, thank you. Look, you said something in the beginning of your show. You're 100% right. Something weird. But I want to add. To it, and I think you know, weird and evil. Ever since Biden got elected, I knew he turned to the dark side. He needs to be impeached. Him, uh, Harris, um, the the one at the border, I forgot uh, his name now, the one that's supposed to be in charge of the border, and Attorney General Merrick Garland. Now, they need to be impeached, not yet, not today, but yesterday. They need to be impeached because also what you just said on the news has happened with uh, Mendez, the Senator Mendez in, in uh, Jersey. Yeah. Can, can you hear me? Yeah, I can. That, yeah, we got to get rid of all of them, Jason. I agree. I agree. Thank you. Car, uh, let's see. Where was this guy? Rob. Rob in Suffolk County. 
Hey, Greg, thanks for taking my call. I like your show. I called once before about Ashley Babbitt. Fire away. What's up? Kent State. I'm concerned with the the whole Millie thing. I mean, we're relying on him to provide the context of Trump's uh, comment. I'm sure he made a comment about it, and he was probably upset about it, but that doesn't mean he said something disparaging. And uh, just like what happened with Portnoy, we're relying on the journalists or media to actually reflect the truth. Well, at least this time we can rely on Portnoy himself. He made that video, which is totally brilliant. I played it yesterday, and uh, it's amazing what that guy did. Caught him and uh, Millie. What a bit little. What a little gossiping b i t c h that Millie turned out to be. Right? I mean, come on. Focus on what you're supposed to focus on. Hey, thank you uh, very much. And I think uh, uh, Barbara, take it away. Hello. The um. Situation we see with Menendez is just a repeat of what we have going on in Washington, D.C. And our founder, John Adams, talked about that. He said avarice, ambition, or revenge would break the strongest cords of our Constitution as a whale goes through a net. Our Constitution is designed only for a moral and religious people. It's wholly inadequate for any other. So if we look at which politicians are good examples of. Oh, Barbara must be on the. Uh, uh, you're breaking up. You must be on Sunrise Highway. There's a terrible, terrible oh, spot sorry. of the Sunrise. That's all right. I got to split to Gail. Oh, L.I.E. That was my second guess. Gail. Yes. Hi, Greg. I was listening to you before saying that the New Hampshire poll shows Biden up ahead. You know, the back of their license plate said, uh, live free or die. They tried to change it years ago. It comes from a toast from a general. Um, oh, gee, his name escapes me. Stark. And uh, it was um, live free or die. Death is not the greatest of evils. I hope they don't take his statue down. It's also on the back of their quarter. I've heard something similar. I've seen it in tattoos. Oh, by the way, death before dishonor. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, uh, that's a that's a that's a strong sentiment, don't you think? Gail, thank you. Carmine, Gary, Kavon, Rachel. Sorry, I didn't get the time. And uh, to be continued. Have a great weekend, uh, and be vigilant. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.